I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author Gigi George, Ph.D. Uh, Her new book is Down East, Five Main Girls and the Unseen Story of Rural America. Based on four years of rigorous and intimate reporting, Gigi George chronicles the lives of five young women coming of age in Washington County, Maine, one of the most challenging and geographically isolated regions on the eastern seaboard, and an illuminating microcosm of the changing rural landscape across America. As they reach adulthood, they discover that despite significant challenges, there is much to celebrate in the Valley of the Overlooked. Their stories remind us of the value of timeless ideals, strength of family and community, reverence for nature's rule, dignity in cracked hands and muddied shoes, and the enduring power of home. A former White House Special Assistant to the President and Communications Director for the New York City Department of Education, Gigi George has taught political science at Boston College and served as program director for the Harvard Kennedy School's Innovation Strategies Initiative. Welcome to the show, Gigi. Great to have you on. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's great to be here. Well, first of all, it's a great book. And I have to say, I guess the book didn't come out till yesterday. I didn't have a copy of the book, so I downloaded it and I've read half the book. And I was like, should I stay up all night and reading it? Because it is a page turner. I, as I said before the show, coming from Maine, um, it was just, you don't have to come from rural America to appreciate the book, but wow, have you really sort of hit the nose on the head with the whole, with these five young women and the community and all of those kinds of things. But anyway, so uh, the book, what what did I say in the beginning? It took you two years to write the book or? It actually was a um, all in all, all in a five year experience, uh, about about a year ahead of the time I spent on the ground doing research and really digging in um, to understand the region, uh, and then four years um, chronicling the lives of these five young women. I have to say, though, Catherine, before we get into it, that it is it's it's a joy to speak to anyone about Down East, but it is a particular joy to speak to a Mainer. So um, I'm really thrilled to be on your show and to be talking to a woman who has experienced life as, as a young woman growing up in Maine. Absolutely. And, you know, I learned this from your book, but I don't know why. And I probably shouldn't say this. I should be embarrassed to say it. But down east is really up east. It's really north country. It's, it's Washington, you know, Washington County. Is, but I always thought down east was like Portland. We, we called ourselves down easters and the down east was Portland, Maine and, and, and south. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, it's, it's funny because you, 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 you talk to Mainers and um, there is a variety of, um, of, characterizations of what the border uh, borders of down east are so you're not wrong um but the the down east washington county region is absolutely which i write about in this book and where these girls grew up is absolutely at the heart of down east Um, but i think it's a pretty broad range that it covers and what made you decide to write about, you know, I mean, coming from Maine, Washington State, Aroostook County, that was another, one. I, I, I always thought that was the poorest county, but um, I, I guess what intrigued you about it? I mean, you said, I think you come from Brooklyn and then married someone who had an association yeah. with Maine. So that's how you got there. And now you live in New Hampshire, right? Um, right, exactly. Yeah. 
so we, we, um, so I, you're right, Catherine. I was, a, you know, I'm a city kid. I grew up in Brooklyn. I, I was part of a very large, um, boisterous Greek immigrant family. <laughs> and, uh, I essentially spent all my time in urban places. Um, I worked on urban policy issues. Uh, but about 15 years ago, my husband and I, uh, my husband Jeff and I made the decision to move to northern New England. Um, and as you said, um, Jeff had uh, spent quite a bit of time in Maine and uh, fell in love with it, as so many people do. And we, uh, we started to raise our daughter, who's now nine, um, in a more rural place. And uh, that was when I got this idea of writing something about um, the lives of people and particularly young women growing up in, uh, in rural Washington County. I had looked around a little bit and what I saw and what I was observing and what I saw even in my own, you know, growing up, bringing up our own daughter was that that dominant narrative about rural America that there's been so much conversation about, right, in recent years especially, um, was missing something, um, that it was downbeat, it was about hopelessness, it was about despair, and that, yes, there are, you know, as you know, there are real challenges in counties like Washington County, Anarostic County, um, and others. Uh, there was also something else going on, um, and I wanted to explore that. I wanted to dig deeper. Yeah. Well, I think you... Obviously, you did do that, and I think all of the things, and maybe I said this in the beginning, that you write about each one of these young women does ring true. I mean, they're up in this, I mean, I guess I still, I, I kind of did the opposite of what you, I grew up in Maine. Till I was 16, then I went to boarding school at Andover and then was in Boston and in the city and Boston University and New York. And so I kind of like, and then still have family there uh, and grew up in a sort of in, uh, not sort of, Auburn, Lewiston, 60,000 people, very different than, say, where these girls grew up. Or, um, and so it's a, yeah, I think you write about in the book any kind of opportunities they had in high school, if they had statewide championships, it was always, well, it would be Lewiston and Auburn or Deering, Portland or Bangor they were competing against, and so they never quite could get on top of things. Um I'm going on and on. But anyway, I mean, it's it, I, there was always this sense coming from Auburn, Maine, and Lewiston, Maine, twin cities, that uh, that was sort of a different part of the country, different, you know, separating. <laughs> and uh, so I yeah. think this book, yeah, really important. Yeah, and I think, I, go ahead. No, and I, you know, I, I, I think that's right. I think um, you hit on a couple of things there. One is these towns, right, they, the towns where these girls grew up, um, 900 and 1,000 people in them, right? Um, very small towns, very geographically isolated. Um, and I think a part of Maine, um, as you say, and a, part of, and a part of the country that a lot of people, I think, don't have a real sense of or or even know um, exists right, and we think of rural America. We don't always think of the story of of Northern Maine, and we don't always delve into that. And I, I felt it was an important story to tell, um, not just because of the geography of it, um, but but because in all of the discussions that we are now having about rural places, and there are a lot. Um, the voice of contemporary young women is largely silent. 
And I was just so struck by that and struck by the notion that we need to hear these voices. These are important voices. Um, and as I spent time with these girls, I realized even more than I, than I had understood how important and crucial these voices are um, in terms of the future of small towns in America. So, and yeah, let's talk about each one of these five young yeah. women, because they're there are obviously things that that uh, connect them and bind them together, but then there's also there there are differences, unique differences with uh, within each one of their families. Um, so, I mean, let's start with Willow. Yes, Willow is um, this incredibly resilient young woman. She has had a very difficult childhood. Uh, she comes from a family um, where the father is. Um, uh, hooked on opioids, and um, he is really struggling with it, and there's physical abuse in the family um, as well. And she, um, you know, by the time she's eight years old, she's moved seven times. Um, she shuttles between grand- grandmothers, grandparents. Um, at one point, her, her paternal grandmother ends up going to prison, um, for embezzling money from the town. It is a really, really tough situation. Um, And Willow, though, is not a victim. She she knows, recognizes that what she's been through has been just really tough, but she is determined um, to push through, and she finds in her community, in friendships, and indeed in a friendship with one of the other young women in the book, Vivian, um, she finds the support, um, and she also finds it in her art teacher um, and a few of the other teachers and coaches in the school um, who really help her see her way through. Um, And I won't give away sort of how it unfolds because she has some twists and turns um, through the book in terms of her relationships and how she works through her plans for her her future life. But but she just epitomizes that strength um, and that I saw so much in each of the girls down east and in the broader community. Yeah, so she's the one who she's she doesn't allow she isn't and doesn't allow herself to be a victim of her circumstances. And I think another thing, right. one of the, the, the that uh, uh, you know people do think of Maine is you know it's beautiful and bucolic, and uh, you mentioned Arcadia National Park, and it is. But at the same time, you know the opioid addiction is runs rampant, and. Uh, you know, sexual abuse, all kinds of abuse, right? Mental and physical abuse. And that's all part of the picture as well. And I I think, uh, you know, in describing what Willow had to contend with uh, or does contend with um, is a good example. Anyway, okay. It is, yeah. Vivian, that's... Yes, Vivian, who's Willow's best friend, right? Uh She's... um, she comes from an established family in, in, in down east Washington County in that circle of towns. Uh, but she, she also um, faces her own challenges. Her, her parents uh, get divorced when she's 10, and um, she, um, she struggles with that separation, but she also struggles in particular uh, with, um, with confronting the legacy of a history of um, mental health challenges in her mother's family uh, and fears that, you know, she too may um, fall into the abyss 
Uh, she sees her mother struggling with depression. She knows that there's the, of the history of her, her grandparents and, and great-grandparents on her mother's side. Um, she's also an uh, a incredibly talented writer, um, and she writes the and I and I quote some of her work, um, and she writes these incredibly evocative and um, and powerful uh, reflections of what it is like to grow up in these circumstances. And also, um, I remember her her art teacher, who's in the book as well, Britt Francis, who's known as Franny um, by all, uh, saying, when I read this work, I knew that this had to be read. I felt that this had to be read by every adolescent girl, um, the way in which she captured those feelings. Um, and she, too, you know, has her... Um, she has her struggles, um, but she too finds her way, um, and this is and this is part of the theme, right? Um, yes. And not only does she find her way, um, she feels this connection, the way that Willow does too, to place, which is a strong theme in the book. Connection to Down East because there is this natural beauty, natural bounty, and there is this strength of community around them, even as. Um, Vivian, in particular, struggles to find her place in that community. You know, as I was reading, and I, I haven't, as I said, I haven't finished it yet, but um, yeah. I think of the the girls in that, the young women in that community that you're describing, and the I keep thinking of the word uh, entropy, entropy, that, you know, things that when you're just, you yes, there's the love, there's the community, there are the connections, but there's also a sense of, a not a connection to the outside world. So you're always mm-hmm. connected to the same people and there's there's nothing new coming in, but each one of these girls in their own way brought the outer community into their own lives and were able to do that, which many people are given their set of circumstances are not able to do, which, um, yeah. Yeah, it's such a great observation, Catherine, um, and I was so struck by it. Um, one of the things I was struck by was the incredible self-awareness that each of these young women had from a very young age. Uh, and as you describe, this ability to uh, essentially bridge um, that I think is um, somewhat unique to this generation uh, and I was struck by the way externally these girls were excelling and, and pushing through their challenges and in many ways surpassing the boys around them, uh, but also that they were not um, caught in this sort of only looking inward, right? They respect yeah. and believe in many of the aspects of down, the Down East life as we think of it, which is full of tradition and um, sort of in some ways looks inward, um, but they also know what else is out there and they're bridging. Um, and they're committed to the future of these towns. They're committed to their hometowns, whether or not they physically end up there. Um, although four out of five of them essentially are on track to either be down east or, or be in a small or, or commit to a small town life somewhere in Maine. 
And I think that's an important point, the difference in generations, the opportunities they have and that they are aware of those opportunities in this generation that let's say their mothers weren't, their mothers most, you know, had a high school education, either married or didn't married, but got pregnant right out of high school. And it was interesting the way you would describe when they got, I was thinking, this is going back to the mothers, uh, this kind of like uh, Willow's mother, I think it's, it's, as you wrote it, became pregnant. You know, well, you don't just become pregnant. You, <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. a, it, you are, take right. responsibility for your pregnancy. Or, and I think it was maybe she also that said she wanted her, I, I can't, her, uh, I can't remember if she was married to her husband or not at that time, but he wouldn't have a yes. vasectomy. And I'm thinking, yes. well, you've got to take responsibility for your own uh, birth control. All these kind of passive ways of viewing their life, the mothers, not the daughters. Yes, and it's right. And, and, and it's interesting to see how generationally then these young women, uh, in terms of their own lives, right, are taking much more control. And they are taking more responsibility for themselves. And, and, and they're, they're, they're sympathetic and empathetic to, to the experience of their mothers, right? Um, there is that connection, and I found that very strong, um, mothers to daughters, daughters to mothers to grandmothers. Uh, but there is also a recognition, as you say, that, um, that things are different and that, and that they're, they're, you know, I talk in the end of the book, which you haven't quite got to yet, um, there's, there's this one moment of Grandma Sarah, who is... Audrey Barton, one of the other um, protagonists in the book, it's her grandmother um, who passes away. I had the opportunity to meet Grandma Sarah a few months before she passed. Um, And Grandma Sarah represents um, both the fierceness, in the best sense of the word, of Down East women. Um, And I think I'd extend that to Maine women. You you tell me if you agree. Yes, you can do Um, that. (laughs) Right? Uh, But also, she represents... um, sort of pushing against the notion of progress, right? And I think understandably so. You know, she re- recalls the simpler life, the time when you could go down to the, the corner store, you could walk there, um, when the town was bustling and everyone was just right there, and then the highways came and the, and the smartphones came, right? And the technology yes. came and everything changed. And... Um, she views that with skepticism and sort of um, a longing for what was. Audrey sees it and respects it and respects her grandmother's sensibilities, but she sees the change as something to, to, to hold on to, to push forward with, and to ensure that right, her little slice of, of, of Maine um, continues to thrive because it is thriving in many ways despite so many challenges. I think one, uh, we only have four minutes left. This has gone by really fast. But I think one of the things that stood out, and I forgot which one of the girls it was, but that was very different in her upbringing was, uh, yes, education, family, important, but also art, music and art and piano lessons. And I think it was her her church group. She went her junior year to... This is the one who's going to Yale. I this think. is Josie, um, yes. Josie, and, yeah, and that yes. she went to the Dominican Republic and saw how everybody lived, and it was just an eye-opener for her. And um, all of those kinds of opportunities that very middle-class and upper-middle-class kids have that help them to get 
to go ahead anyway. And that, that sort of stood out to right. me, like that, very special. Yeah. Right. Right. And Josie, right, who, who is the second um, ever from the high school to go to Yale, the first being her older sister, right? These, these trailblazing young women. And she, she comes from this family, right, who's, that is very, very um, connected to faith, that is very strong in their religion, as she is too. Uh, and, she, but she, and she and the other girls also find a way to open their worldview through uh, some of the mentors and teachers in the school. And the role of these mentors, the role of the art teacher, uh, who is from away, right? Who comes from Long Island via California and makes yeah. a commitment to live down east and to teach down east and helps these young women see the connection between art and their lives to open their worldviews uh, and helps them just as they help her, right, the mutuality of the relationship, um, that they um, all find their way, and it's just an extraordinary friendship in addition to mentorship. Uh, and and those, those pieces, I think, are so important in these young women's development, uh, not just with the art teacher, but there's an English teacher similarly from away, and then there are other teachers who are multi-generational, who are doing the same thing and giving the gift to these young women and men of seeing beyond um, and incorporating that. We have to say goodbye. I could keep going on and on. This was too short an interview. Uh, I recommend this book so highly. I can't wait. When we get off the phone, when we get finished with the interview, I'll probably go and finish the book, Down East, Five Main Girls and the Unseen Story of Rural America. Wonderful insight. Uh, Gigi George, thanks so much for sharing with us today and um, web, just quickly what is the website we can go to for we can buy the book well, online you can, go, yeah. you can go straight to HarperCollins website or you, or you can go wherever books are sold uh, and it's such a pleasure thank you so much Catherine thank you I'm Catherine Zox your social worker with a microphone and you've been listening to the Catherine Zox Show 